say, Colin? <laughs> you know, for me, you're in the future. Like, uh, like a man on the moon or in a tin pan. Welcome to the Eat Radio Podcast. And here's your host, Colin Pope from Eat Magazine. Welcome back to the Eat Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Cullen Pope, and I'm here today coming to you live from the, well, live and well, I guess, from the Gibston Valley Winery here in Queenstown, New Zealand, and I'm being looked after by Christopher Keyes, who is taking us for lunch and we're just heading across the courtyard now and uh, if you haven't listened to our uh, wine cellar interview which was the one before please uh, do so now it's a beautiful warm sunny day and we're just about to sit down and have lunch and Christopher's going to tell us a little bit about the Bendigo Vineyards and this is where these fantastic award-winning you know the schoolhouse uh, china terrace other unique uh, sites are really uh, sort of planted on uh, this incredible elevation 330 meters to 420 meters planted in 2003 and so uh, he's going to be telling us about that as we go through lunch and about some of those wines so thank you for joining us and let's get straight into it So Bendigo, it's always been called Bendigo, hasn't it? Yeah. So, and I suppose it's part of that old kind of gold rushy stuff, the same stuff that was happening in Bendigo was happening there. People were digging gold out yep. of the ground and people were coming in from China and doing all those things. That's right. Yeah, they were good at um, digging gold out and just Ooh. bad at inventing new names because they just pretty much brought all the, the names from Australia over here. So... Um, Bannockburn, Bendigo, yep. Ballarat. Mel- Is there a Ballarat here? No, ba- oh, there's a Ballarat Street in yeah, Queenstown. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Melbourne Street, Sydney Street. So yeah. a lot of that obviously yeah. is um, brought over. But no one was good at names. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Bendigo's now. Um, look, I can't even tell you how many hectares are planted out there now, but it's increasing all the time. It's, okay. Um, yeah. There's a lot of new plantings going there. It started in. The late nineties, yep. uh, Rudy Bowers, Quartz Reef Vineyard, okay. and Gibson Valley's um, Bendigo Vineyards went in there in, in the late nineties, and um, as opposed to where we are here now in, in Gibson, which, um, in spite of how beautiful it is today, it's actually a cooler subregion, ripens later, right? It's um, slightly uh, higher rainfall. Is that because of the position we are in the valley or yes. much more to do with the mountains or oh, everything really yeah um, yeah so yeah. we're further west here yep. so um closer to the prevailing um weather yeah and as as you go further east yeah um it's protected by the pisa range yeah. and um sort of encapsulated in a nice um little valley um, with a Dunstan range on one side and Pisa range on the other, and it's warmer, drier, and with Bannockburn, Lowburn, and Bendigo in that area, these are really safe, uh, yeah. safe areas to grow. Um, okay. Relatively, yeah. to say Wanaka, Gibson, and Alexandra, which tend to be more 
peripheral and extreme. And so when we talk about that extremity, when we talk about the likes of sort of the Alexandra Way, I guess we're talking those the terrifying November frosts and things, which yes. I know something yes. about, um, and and that kind of I guess all sorts of other stuff where you just want, you just might get. You're not so much getting heavy snow, but I mean, what uh, apart from those late frosts, what are the other kind of extremes that are just terrifying? Well, the terrifying ones are the December frost and the the January frost. (laughs) Don't mention the January January frost. (laughs) Yeah, well, they do happen, and and they're really terrifying. Oh, here's our lunch. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, chuck it down here. Thank you. And I'm going to ask you to take a couple of photographs of us looking like we're about to tuck in. Yeah, weigh them down. Thank you, guys. That is, um, that's looking good, isn't it? I'll just clear a bit of stuff from that table. He'll be be exhausted by the time I leave. And then the attack. I'm going to use my head. <laughs> and I'm looking civilized. Burger. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> I think that's some good ones. I really that. appreciate it. Thank you so much. No worries. Okay. Can I get you anything else before I leave? No, I think we're good to go. I'm just okay. going to do a few snaps before he demolishes it. How about it. a. Um, can you wing out a. Um, if it's all right, China Terrace uh, Pinot, just bring a bottle out. Yep, the 15? Yeah, okay. just bring it out. Yeah. Sure Thanks. Yum. Then you get your good. bite as well. <laughs> I'm actually That's getting good. better at photographing food, which I didn't think was ever going to happen. But now I love it. The all-important lens. Yeah. I worked, uh, I did a stint briefly at Britannia, mm. and... Who was the um, chef there? Oh, God, I can't remember. That was 20 years ago. Yeah, right. Um, and... Uh, so when you're emotional, yeah. surely that's the head chef's job. I oh, know, it was all, we were all pretty intense. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can, and I was 17 at the time, I can remember sort of ducking at this sort of frying pan filled Jesus. with burning corns was thrown across the kitchen, Gosh. smashed against the wall, and it was just like, this is, this is insane. Thank you. There you go. Thanks, Thank you very much. No Enjoy. Yeah. We were all very European at the time. Gosh. <laughs> What are you serving though? <laughs> With the greatest respect to Britannia. Oh, that wasn't Britannia. That was, um, where else was I? It was actually quite a good restaurant. I can't remember now. I must go back to my old thing. It was quite a good restaurant. Well, I guess in those days, you know, Queenstown was just exploding. Yeah. Um, and so it was just too intense mm. to have that volume of people coming into Little Village that actually wasn't really at that time. I think, kind of prepared to understand where it was going. No. Well, it's probably, if you look at it now, Mm. what do you think now? Look, I'm quite pleased. I must admit, I'm pleased to see some new developments, some new accommodation. I'm pleased Mm. to see it hidden down along the banks. I'm Mm. pleased not to see skyscrapers. 
Um, I know that they're forbidden, but they could have gone other ways. Yeah. They could have just gone hundreds of acres of apartments. They didn't do that either. Mm. So I'm really very impressed. But, but there are ones out there you go in Kappa, a Japanese restaurant, Tomoshi, another Japanese restaurant. Oh, yeah. Which have really fantastic food. Okay. And Vino up in Fern Hill, the Danny Carson. Yep. Um, and his wife on that one. His wife's the chef, and that's just a really local. Feels like a lot of tourists go. It feels like you go there and yeah. relax. With Danny's great. Yeah, wine, food, easy, relax. Yeah, and so important. I think. I mean, the other thing is that uh, you know I kind of forgot what it was like to be working in hospitality with people, but I'm very observant while I'm here on this trip. Um, all these fantastic people dealing with people that like the beautiful English woman at the place where I'm staying who was just dealing with some very extreme volumes of people and numbers yep. of people and she was just dynamite and I think God you know I used to be like that and so I really take my hat off to those people but I think from what I see on this trip holistically we don't I don't I haven't seen that I've seen mm. Lots of people dealing with thousands of people in a matter of minutes, looking after them really carefully and saying, look, you need to stand over there and I'm going to look after you in five minutes and you can do this. And people actually kind of falling into shape in place. It's a big really challenge nice. though, isn't it? I mean, every time we have a load of, like if we have a Pinot celebration, people get, uh, which we do every, two out of every three years, we have VIPs, wine, rides from all around the world. People get transported around on a bus. The bus is not the the key issue here yeah I mean if if it's holding Chances Robinson yeah. Hugh Johnson yeah. Max Allen um, James Held if, if you've packed your bus with um, people from uh, you know celebrity wine writers or wine writers from all around the world well all of a sudden people don't look at that bus the same the fact is that it's the it's the people the bus just carries people, and, and you've got to. I, I don't care what level, personally, I don't care what level you're at. Mm. You've got to um, have it. If it's an introductory tour, if they yeah. try wine once a year, yep. well, you can put it, you can expose them to wine in a way that's relevant to them. Yep. And if, if they're seasoned professionals, you can do so also. It's an ambitious thing. Yeah. And I think the whole beautiful thing about wine, the whole journey, Everybody is at a different level, um, and it's quite exciting to kind of see that. Because I guess for me now, I think the wine snobbery, I think of years ago that I kind of not grew up with, but I grew into, if that makes more sense. Um, I think that's gone out the window because we've got these funky young female sommeliers yeah. that are absolutely astounding uh, and, and all of that jazz and a total challenge to the kind of look, you know, you don't know anything about wine until you're 60 and you've been trained in France and all that stuff is gone. And so for me, it's a real celebration. But I guess you've had to kind of navigate a little bit of that in a way, but probably not so much because you've had to carve your own path, which must have been ex challenge, interesting, exciting, making your own way. Yep. Yeah, so... Um I mean, you are, you are you're a result. You, I always like to infuse wherever you go, wherever mm. you work, mm. whatever circumstance you're in around the world, uh, you infuse 
um, the uh, environment of um, where you make your money. So, so for me, traveling, every single dollar maker will say the same. You know, where you are. It's a great thing about working vintage overseas. You become part of their life two mm. or three months. So you actually get a um, a direct placement into a, a different culture. More than just winemaking, it's a cultural thing. Yeah, so you, yeah. you learn in France, there's the biggest thing. I mean, you still de steam, you still pump over, whatever you do. Yeah. Nothing really changes, but yeah. to see the role of wine within the entire culture and, and how it's uh, treated and respected is as much as you'll learn, I think. Um, so that, that path for me started in 98, um, um, working in Hawke's Bay and um, a few times in the US and Burgundy. And uh, yeah, collectively, um, is a starting point for for Central Otago. But you, like Dennis Lilly said about fast bowling, if you think you know it all, you um, you, know, you get kick up the ass. You, ne- you never stop learning. Yeah. Um, about bowling, about winemaking, um, it's it's an ongoing relationship uh, with people and product and place, and that's the that's the coolest thing. Yeah, I love that. I love that saying. I can't remember that program. Um, it doesn't come to me now. But you know, where that guy says, "I, I know nothing," <laughs> and I feel like that. Um, I feel like that Man is. Well, that yeah. was Manuel, wasn't it? I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. And I think it's so, it's so it's so important to be in that place of being able to say, "Look, I'm here to learn," and uh, mm. that's for everybody. Mm. And, uh, and and that's I think that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, you have your own principles in, mm. in guiding um, tenants. Yep. I think that's worth um, remembering. So, yep. otherwise, you're kind of rudderless. So, so we definitely do. I yep. think, um, and but that's that's to do with the, the place you are and the, the distance from your vineyards, your um, size. That that determines like on your market. Largely yeah. determines what you're able, so sets the um, goalposts in a way of what you can and can't yeah. do. So yeah, it's, it's all right being a two hectare place, which um, yeah. you can tend every vine by yourself. Yeah, it's a lot different from um, somewhere which is um, thousands of hectares or yeah or hundreds or yeah uh, or tens even like us. So um, so the scale and your your market how you approach them um, largely defines things. So. So understanding that helps, but then within that you can do loads of loads and loads and loads and loads of cool things. Mm. And that's where the fun is. Um, you know, we, for a, for a twenty five thousand case winery, we make twenty eight different wines. So we make it uh, yeah. shitload of uh, small scale stuff. And, yeah. and for me, that's the interesting thing. Yeah, it's like finding pockets of interest and putting that in bottle, and and saying this is cool because um, you know the vines might be older. Or, um, so for our home block recently here, that we make 800 bottles. We make 200 or 400 bottles that converts to from the same vineyard. Bam, 200 cases of Pinot. Well, this is dry farm, 33-year-old vine. Uh, 33-year-old vines. This is really, really interesting stuff. We've got to keep it separate yeah. and, and make that. Yeah. Or um, numerous other examples with our own, uh, you know, try that Chardonnay, single clone, single vineyard. Again, a couple hundred cases, not many made. That to me is the the most interesting thing, where you where you can have a um, a range of different wines, 
um, not being elitist or yep. dumbing it down either way yeah um, uh, but just doing some really interesting stuff and I, I like it um, the classic tenements of winemaking where you're um, hand picking a whole bunch of pressing the wines mm. and, and doing stuff which is uh, pure and and lasts a long time I think it's challenging because you've got to get the fruit quality right yep. and it's not contrived yeah and it's not based on yep. local new fad or any yeah. stuff like that I think that's the hardest and the best thing and I think um, I don't know for me uh, I kind of hiked over the hill which I don't recommend <laughs> to get here but I would have loved to have take the, taken the bike path mm. um, that looked like it was fun and I see somebody arrived on their bicycle yeah and uh, so I guess I don't know. As soon as you walk through the gate here, I just I just felt like I completely kind of totally relaxed and just completely arrived here, and I was kind of disarmed. If that makes any sense. Yes. And it's <laughs> <laughs> and it is very disarming here, isn't it? You're the metal detectors at the door do a good job. So yeah, no. Uh, Alexa, you remember. The environment that you drink wine and lovely courtyard and um, yeah, a peaceful environment in which to drink wine. I mean, yeah, you remember that, remember the experience. I always do. Yeah. No matter where I am drinking wine around the around the world, I want to be. I'm yearning. I'm craving for someone to say, "Guess what? Try this wine. This is something unique." Yeah. Uh, to this area, mm. if it doesn't matter if I'm in Australia, I want I, I want to feel the burn of the soil, the, yeah. the smell of the eucalyptus. I mm. want to I want to get into that yeah. and uh, feel that very localized feeling. Uh, and it's the same. It's really like getting there and um, having some neutral white on a hot day with some. Um, food simple just thrown down in front of you you know start understanding why these whites are nice and neutral yeah yeah from a yeah you see how it works if or if you're in Saint Emile you say see the church spire of a, the village the idealized in, in my my own mind I just think well they, these things have been going on for centuries I can sort of see how wine fits into this community it's a life yeah just like yeah Baker is like the church is the wine is everything seems to have a nice fit. Yeah, it might be idealized in my mind, but it just seems to. Oh, this is what France is. This is um, yeah. why we have wine with lunch and dinner. It's not. Yeah, it's just a part of life. Yeah, and part of the seasons, part of birth, part of death, part yeah. of aging, part of regeneration, part of new, part of old, part of hope, part of aspiration, all those things. That's what wine is. It's such a beautiful conduit to discover different places, kind of cultures, and yeah, times. Not not a thing for when you think about it like that. You stop thinking about scores or any notions like that. You just think of how dull. Thanks, and we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Ant Stand. Introducing AntStand, the most portable laptop stand in the world. So portable, in fact, you'll forget you're carrying it. Turn your laptop into a monitor with AntStand. 
the Ant Stand will hold an 11-inch MacBook Air all the way up to a 17-inch MacBook Pro for maximum versatility. The unique design allows the maximum airflow to keep your laptop cool while raising the screen to eliminate neck and shoulder pain. Available in bamboo, visit antstand.com to get yours today. That's A-N-T-S-T-A-N-D dot com. Welcome back, and let's pick up where we've left off. And, of course, uh, for those of you that are planning uh, to make your way to New Zealand, I highly recommend a visit here to Gibson Valley. And you can get more details on the vineyard at gibstonvalley.com. That's G, well, it's www.gibb. S-T-O-N-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And of course, it's not far just out of Queenstown uh, and it can be reached very easily. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a short drive. Uh, you can always find uh, your way out here uh, by some other means, getting a bit of a lift like I did Um And uh, it's really a great place to spend some time. So I highly recommend it. Thanks for joining us for that. I guess uh, really the beginning of a lunch conversation, which which goes on, I must add. And it's really great to um, be able to spend that time with Christopher. And he's going to give us some more details of... Uh, the wines that we uh, were talking about earlier on uh, in the piece and uh, some really fantastic insights into uh, some of those uh, those early wines off that, um, I guess not really the Bendigo block, but off that uh, Bendigo vineyard as well as some of the other special wines. So we're going to be talking about that next. And I just wanted to give uh, a bit of a a shout out to all of our our new listeners, which have uh, which have come on board. Really, I guess since we've done uh, some of this uh, New Zealand stuff, particularly from India, uh, California, uh, other parts of the U.S., Australia, Brazil, Italy, Canada, Spain, Singapore, Netherlands, uh, the Philippines, Taiwan. Germany, Japan, and Ireland, France, Norway, and other places. So thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. New Zealand, of course, a very special welcome to all of our new uh, New Zealand listeners, and uh, great to have you here. Just wanted to say thanks to everybody that's left a review on iTunes and Stitcher, and just uh, wanted to let you know that there will be some some photos of uh, the vineyard inside this podcast. So if you're listening on iTunes, you can click through to the link uh, which will show the images for this podcast and I think once you see the images you get a real sense of this incredible space this incredible place this kind of middle earth uh, sort of landscape uh, in which this brilliant vineyard is located and such a such a tremendous trip even just coming out here and so uh, just wanted to sign off on that and say uh, thanks for joining us and we'll see you in part two of uh, our lunch when we really open some of these uh, these wines and we do a bit of a deep dive and so uh, really looking forward to you joining us for that cheers if you're a listener in the US, you can simply text the word EATMAG, which is E-A-T-T-M-A-G. And if you want that in Echo, uh, Art, Technology, Travel, M for Maggie, A for Apple, 
G for grapple. Uh, it's eat mag, and you can text that if you're in the US now to 1480-418-1411. If you're in Australia, you simply text the word eat mag to 61428-479-700. If you're in the United Kingdom, in the UK, Scotland, England, Wales, you can text Ireland as well. You can text eat mag to double four seven nine oh three five six seven seven one eight and if you're in Canada you can simply text eat mag to one five eight seven eight hundred four three two three and you can just replay those numbers I know it sounds like there's a lot of numbers in there but wherever you are you can just text eat mag from those four countries if you're in there and we'll um, send you some instructions and you can basically subscribe to our updates that way so really pleased to finally get that off the ground and uh, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time